Like I literally every day would just sit in my loft at my house and just make reels about the stupidest stuff about plants. And I mean, just like silly things because I was like, I need to figure out how this works before we get the doors open. Because once we get the doors open, I want to have an audience and I want people to be able to come to a page that actually has content. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. Welcome back to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton and I have Emma Crabtree in today. Hi, Emma. Hey. Thanks for being here. So you are the owner, founder of Glass Tangerine. Yes. Here in Cookville, um, which is, what is Glass Tangerine? Let's... Well... That's a great question. Um, It's kind of evolving, I feel like, every day. But um, the concept for it was really that it would be a, like, um, well, I don't love the word boutique, like a boutique plant shop with, um, specifically for houseplants, and then also have, like, a European-style floral market. So not a traditional florist, but a place where you could come in, buy flowers, buy the stem, build your own bouquet, get a bouquet to go on like a Tuesday. Um, And in the past year since we've been open, it's just kind of taken on its own life form at this point. So we also have a lot of merchandise. We have work from local artists. I have plant care items. We have um, a lot of candles. Right now we've got a ton of um, fall stuff. And then we also take on some... um, more traditional florist work, like specialty events, um, weddings, and larger installations for like live florals. So more of like floral art. Awesome. We're going to get into a little bit more of this. Well, lots more of this, but um, let's take a second to thank our partners. Plenty Downtown Bookshop is more than a place to buy books and book-related gifts. It's a space that is working to uplift our community, linking arms with libraries, the schools, and other bookshops and special places. It's a space that come together around your ideas, around things that help us laugh and think and grow. It's about building your life of plenty. Check it out and mention this podcast for a special treat. Plenty Downtown Bookshop is on Broad Street in Cookville. One of your neighbors, Plenty. Yes. And you guys kind of work together. It's, it's nice to have kind of that feel of the community atmosphere down here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. They were one of the, let's see, it was me and then um, Jamie's open not too long after maybe like a couple of weeks. And then when Plenty moved in, that was such a gift, I think, for obviously for Glass Tangerine because it was nice to have another space that was occupied by like a cool Um, business and it wasn't empty anymore Um, but also I think it was great for them moving up onto the west side I think. I think you're not supposed to say like boss babes anymore but it's kind of like I like the girl vibe downtown where there's like you know a lot of female-owned businesses and I think people don't realize how many of those businesses are owned by women yeah it's really over I mean I would say like 80 percent of the businesses on the west side are women-owned. Do you think that that's because women kind of have a uh, passion for the downtown atmosphere and the community atmosphere? Yeah, I would say so. And I think there's this vibe about like, um, we want to be like Franklin, not Murfreesboro. You know, we want to move towards being that like really cool downtown space. Cookville is already such a destination for people coming from West Tennessee, um, that don't want to drive all the way to Gatlinburg. You know, we've got that mountain feel and we've got this really cool, unique 
downtown atmosphere and these historic buildings. And I think that there's just a lot of women that can see the potential in that. And it's not necessarily like a corporate drive. It's let me create something really cool and niche um, to add to this environment. The same type of thing. Like if I'm traveling, what kind of town do I want to go to? Well, and I think that like, uh, you know, we're, we're talking a little bit about plenty right now, but, but I think plenty of the bookshop and you and there's some other businesses down here um the french cookie that are just different than what you would normally you know a normal business was that part of your passion or the driving force to find kind of a downtown because plants and um you kind of find these um arborist areas you know like um the plant shop or whatever jacob jake what's that place on on spring whatever johnson's johnson's yeah um clearly clearly i am not a plant not a plant mom person um i have an overgrown outdoor area in my front yard um anyway but was it you know you usually find like large spaces where if people are going to buy plants or trees or that kind of stuff where it's you know kind of an acre or so a place where you can walk through and see Mm -hmm. was yours what was the driving force to have a boutique plant shop as opposed to just kind of a you know acre acre space where people can walk around and see all the plants and all the everything you know yeah well I think that um, at its core there's just such a big difference between a nursery garden center and a plant shop and part of that is just education for our consumers but we don't sell any outdoor plants at all so a place like Johnson's they specialize in outdoor plants you can go and you can get a full-grown magnolia you can get pine trees you can get um, apple trees and different things that you're going to put on in your yard for landscaping we don't do any of that so um, while Johnson's does have a really amazing indoor plant section um, their focus really is on like fruit bearing plants food bearing plants and um, landscaping plants so that's the the nursery aspect of it and that's why they have such a large operation whereas a plant shop is is really just indoor plants we specialize we do have some like common plants so things that you're going to find at Walmart Lowe's places like that snake plants pothos things of that nature but we really do specialize in more rare plants and things that are harder to find and so when I travel and my husband and I like to travel quite a bit we would go to these larger towns I remember we were in Salem Oregon a couple of years ago and went into one of these like boutique style plant shops it was just a really cool concept and there's a couple of really famous ones that I've gotten to go to there's one in Raleigh North Carolina called the Zen Succulent and Megan who owns that actually met her at a festival when she was just getting started she had the booth behind mine and so there's these this concept of these like boutique plant shops that are opening up in these huge places right like downtown Nashville and these large cities Portland Oregon Raleigh Durham um and so I thought I think Cookville could sustain something like that but in order for that to happen I had to find like the perfect location and it kind of fell into my lap um through isn't it amazing how life kind of works yes sometimes well why why this so this has been a career change for you over the past couple years we'll talk um next week a bit deeper you used to be a therapist yep and we'll talk about that um you kind of got burned out on yep (laughs) therapizing Um, so why the, why, why choose the plant shop? And, and part of it too, is that you had to teach people what a plant shop is Mm -hmm. as opposed to a nursery, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, um, we're, we're in a, 
a fairly small town. The people call it a micropolitan area. Um, and so new concepts, some people can be a little leery too. We have oh. a lot of old school, um, you know, original Cookvillians that their grandma's grandma's grandma knows, you know, the other one's grandma's grandma's grandma. Um, so why do this here? Why not try and go to a bigger city? What was the, the driving force behind that? Well, I did was ready for a career change and part of that was burnout and I know we're going to talk about that more in depth next week but um I'd always had in the back of my mind this idea that I wanted to open a shop of some kind like there's just something that I thought would be really neat I thought I could do it well and so when we started having very serious conversations about me leaving my career you know putting my license into Um, retirement and moving into something else I was like well this is something I've always wanted to do and so I needed to find a way to incorporate it into the space that I already lived my husband owns his own law firm here so moving is not an option at this point like I'm not going to be able to move to Nashville or somewhere like that and those markets are already saturated Um, Nashville has multiple small boutique plant shops Um, it just isn't a good fit and so it was like well, I really love plants. I love this idea of retail. I know I can do something that's really unique. I know it'll be a new concept, but I know I can do it really well. And so I just thought somebody is going to do this eventually in Cookville. I think that that's what happens when you have like a micropolitan area and it's really fertile for new business. Somebody's going to do it and I don't want to be the second person. So it was like, well, I guess we're just going to go for it. And so I started planning and um, I think I've left. I told everybody I was leaving my career in June of 21 and we opened in July of 22. So I had a little over a year of just planning and building a brand and figuring out all the ins and outs of what I was going to carry, what I wasn't going to carry how it was going to be functioning. Well, one of the things, and so I think this is interesting. I've talked to some other clients over the year, you know, entrepreneurs that are looking at starting a business. Um, some people get so scared about telling anybody their idea, like don't tell anybody cause I got to be the first, you know, mm-hmm. to launch. And you really did spend that year where there was such a buzz mm-hmm. about, Oh, there's this plant shop thing, you know, people kind of knew, but kind of didn't. And this is such a gossipy town. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody wants to tell everything. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to know, you know, what's going on. And so you really spent some time, um, building that brand with literally no merchandise to sell. Nope. Where did, where did that business savvy come from? Like where, where, why did you think that that was a good idea? What made, <laughs> what gave you the confidence mm-hmm. to say like, let's do this? Well, I think I've lived in Cookville long enough. I've lived here for, I guess, like 18 years now. So I know kind of how people function in Cookville. Like, I understand, like, the gossip train and people want to, like, be up and up on the new cool things. And so I was like, well, I think I can use that to my advantage. But also, truly, I launched all of our social media in January of 22. So what was that, like seven months before we opened? And part of that was because I didn't have anything else I could do at that point. So it was like, I was, you know, our building had extensive damage from a fire. And of course, anytime you're doing renovations, it's, you know, six times slower than you think it's going to be. So we were all kind of like in a holding pattern and I can't buy stuff merchandising wise because I don't have anywhere to put it except for my garage which my husband was like please don't and um, merchandise is alive when I'm playing shop so that's a no-go so it was just kind of like I don't have anything else to do 
but also I knew that it was such a unique concept that I can't rely on just opening the doors. Like it has to, I have to create a buzz. I have to create a buildup. And I firmly believe when it comes to social media, if you're opening a business and you wait until you open, you're going to be so far behind the eight ball. And people are so afraid to start social media because they're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And my counter to that is like, yeah, but when you first start, nobody's looking. So like figure it out, make stupid reels. Like if you go back on the glass tangerine page, like I literally every day would just sit in my loft at my house and just make reels about the stupidest stuff about plants. And I mean, just like silly things because I was like, I need to figure out how this works before we get the doors open. Because once we get the doors open, I want to have an audience and I want people to be able to come to a page that actually has content. That's, um, I, for TikTok in 2020, I was like, I kind of want to know how this TikTok thing works. And I was like, I don't know what to film. My kids like want to do dance videos. It's 2020. And so I just started filming my cats. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I would film my cats. They were like kittens at the time and wrestling. And then I put like dirty rap, 90s, like dirty rap music. Nice. Into it. <laughs> and I have all these and I changed my handle to cat innuendos. And like, that's amazing. When people find my TikTok page, I'm so I'm like, please don't. <laughs> Like, please don't please judge don't. me. Yeah, I'm like, I just, it's something to me. It's an easy way to play around. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes now I'll put my own stuff up there, but mainly it's just stupid stuff just to see like, oh, how do I figure out how to make this, you know, mm-hmm. or use this filter or do that. <laughs> like, it's a way to just learn. And so I think that's, you know, people get so, um, that analysis to paralysis is mm-hmm. just so deep within people that they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. But social media is just, it's such a um, necessity of small businesses. It is. And I think that by the time people are looking, you want to have figured it out. And that was my thought. I was like, when I open the doors, people are going to start looking. And I want to know that I can create good quality content. And I understand the basis of how the algorithm works and how the features of the app work and how to build a reel and how to edit photos well and take photos well. Like all of that stuff was... I have all of this time that I can be working on this. And so I'm going to work on that. And the aftermath of that was that by the time we opened, I mean, when we had our opening weekend, I had 50 people waiting outside to get in. Like the line went all the way down to seven senses. I have a video of it. And I was shocked because I didn't realize that by me doing that and being willing to just put whatever out there and figure it out that I had created such a buzz about it. Well, and that's the one other thing with social media that I think is really important is that it's perfection is not, you don't have to be perfect. There's no, the algorithm changes all the time. One video that you have, I I, I made a TikTok where my cat will bring stuffed animals down when my kids aren't at home (laughs) and they'll leave them outside my bedroom door. And I like videoed like the 10 stuffed animals and it's gone like it has like 16,000 downloads mm-hmm. and I'm like this is so stupid why mm-hmm. does this you know and other videos have 10 views it's like you know and I think that's the thing too is that you just keep trying stuff and we're all yeah. doing just trying stuff and yeah. I think so much um especially I always say this especially women I don't know I'm not a man I don't know what men I like <laughs> but um and I'm a single woman so I know less about men but um I think that it just you know, there's so much pressure that it has to be this way. And mm-hmm. if it's, if you're not getting the views or the traction, it's like, okay, then try something different. We're all just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And with that, I mean, one, it takes a lot of bravado to think that, you know, what other people want to see. 
You just don't. And there's this like concept within like if you follow influencers that do um, Instagram analysis, for example, like Brock Johnson is one that I follow. You know, he'll say all the time, it's always the reels that you put the least amount of work in that go the most viral. And I think that there's a real shift within social media, especially for millennials, which we're the ones that are old enough and have enough funding at this point to be starting these businesses that when we were coming up on Instagram, right. in like the 2011, 2016 era, um, everything was supposed to be perfect, right? Everybody had these like curated feeds that were so beautiful and everything was edited perfectly and photos bled into other photos. And so it was like this perfect art gallery and it, Social media has shifted so much away from that, but our perception of it hasn't. And so we have to also shift our perception over to like, hey, people don't care about that anymore. And if anything, one thing I've learned from Aspen, my manager, she's 20. um, And she's like, when I see a business page like that, I automatically don't trust it because it's not authentic. Yeah. Well, and it seems like it's, yeah, not, not just somebody there. I think people want to relate so much with like Mm -hmm. the business owners and, and that. So you clearly have a passion for plants yes um and you clearly have a passion for business as well how and and your background is psychology mm-hmm. and you did not own your own practice there Mm-mm. how did you gain the skill set to understand business hiring payroll you know PL statements all those kind of things where did that business aspect you know knowledge come from well Unfortunately, I don't really have a good answer for that because I don't know. I don't necessarily think about it that way. I think, you know, while I didn't own the practice that I worked at, I was in private practice. So I was a 1099 employee. So I did have to handle all of my own finances. Like I didn't get a paycheck, for example. Um, When I filed my taxes every year, I had like 13 1099s from every insurance panel that I was credentialed under. So there was some of that like business ownership things that I had to do. Um when I was there, but I think that some of it, I mean, the answer that you don't want to hear is that some of it just kind of came naturally to me in some sense, but I really, really leaned on other people that I knew that knew what they were doing. My husband owns his own business. CG has had so many conversations with me and I talked to Anna Dunn a lot, like kind of sought out people that had done this before and whatever advice they gave me, I just followed it. So, you know, CG will tell me and everybody that will listen, like get an accountant. And that's what I did. I got an accountant and I found somebody that I can work with really well. And she handles all the financial stuff for me because I'm not good at that. And I know that, but people are people are people. And I think when you've spent years sitting in the chair talking to people about everything under the sun that it's very easy to figure out like okay how does business translate to the business of people and I think that that's in its essence like what retail is well that's what marketing is yeah it's the business of people it's like relating to people being vulnerable creating spaces that people feel comfortable safe um, connected and I think that that's something that gets missed sometimes in retail is that we're so focused on like making a sale that we lose that like person to person and so that was the the one thing that I knew I was really strong at and so that's what I led with and I was like the sales will come later like I fully trust that the business will sustain itself Um, and maybe some of that was just stupidity I'm not sure but it was like if I can create a space where I'm connecting to people first because that's what I'm really good at then everything else 
will hopefully fall into place. We've been looking at using HubSpot as a CRM. It's a, a customer um, management system at the Biz Foundry. And there's a lot of stuff you can automate. And it's like, there's a part of me, it, it's great because mm-hmm. it's time efficiency and all that kind of stuff. But then the relationship aspect kind of dwindles. Mm-hmm. I want to have an email that goes out after they go to the first class and they say, hey, wasn't that funny when we talked about XYZ? Mm-hmm. Here's your homework. Let's see you tomorrow. But it's like hours in the day. What's, you know, what's mm-hmm. more important? But I do think over the last few years that I've been with the Biz Foundry, I think I'm a huge relationship person. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure that I have, I mean, I feel bad when I see people in town and they say hi to me and I have no idea who they are. And yeah, uh, but I, I, I want to be that relationship person. I want to know who everybody is. I want to mm-hmm. know what's going on. And so I think when you lose that, sometimes you can lose kind of that, that small town feel that small business feel. And so I think that that is very, very important is having, and I think that's why some of these downtown businesses have been more successful Mm -hmm. is that relationship aspect. I think when you go into plenty of the bookshop or you go into Jamie's or you, you know, Jamie's there at Jamie's, you know, and she's there, you know, selling you your cakes and stuff. So um, it's kind of nice to have that feel and know what's going on. Yeah. And I think people, we all are so accustomed to the separation between us and a business, quote unquote, like, you know, Target, Amazon, these like large scale retailers, these corporations, we're so used to that and how impersonal that is, um, that when people, you know, in order to be a Franklin and not a Murfreesboro, for example, which like nothing against Murfreesboro, it's just the thing that comes to mind. For for people who don't know what, like, we have listeners that aren't aren't local in Tennessee, yeah. but so Murfreesboro is more of a big town, um, very like com- corporate, yeah. very commercial. So, like, has all the targets, has the you know, yeah, Home Depot across from a Lowe's, right? Kind of yes. a thing. So we are Cookville's kind of and, and Franklin is more like just cutesy, you know, um, boutiquey kind of places. Doesn't ha- you know has a really great downtown, a lot of local owned things. Mm-hmm. Doesn't probably have a Target. We, Cookville does not have a Target. No. Um, We have a Lowe's, but not a Home Depot. We have, you know, um, we're getting some more corporate restaurants, but that's all kind of in one area of town. The rest of it, downtown area is kind of quaint and yeah, kind of has that small town feel still. And when CG and I were talking about business, one of the things that she said to me was she was like, people are going to expect you to be there. Like when you own a small business, people want to walk in and see the owner of the business Um, And I didn't realize how important that was because I think in Cookville business owners, especially like on the West side, they're like these like mini baby celebrities, which is so bizarre Mm because I'll go out to eat and people are like, I'm so sorry. Do you own glass tangerine? And I'm like, yeah, you know, or that a lady came in the other day because we have a podcast today. And so she was like, I'm sorry, are you Emma? And I was like, yeah. She's like, and is that Aspen? I was like, yeah, that's Aspen. She's like, I recognize your voices from the podcast. So people expect to walk in and see the owner of the business actually working at the business. And that's something that you get with these small businesses. Sometimes though, and a lot of women that I work with have a hard time. They don't want to put themselves on social media. Mm -hmm. They don't want to. And when you do, when you are the face, you do kind of limit your growth. You can't necessarily, um, franchise your business out Mm -hmm. you can't scale to a certain point if you're the person Mm -hmm. you're the one and so um but I I really 
I think that it's a struggle sometimes with self-confidence of like putting yourself out there and saying, yeah, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people struggle with that. That doesn't seem like something that you've struggled with along the waves that you're like, yeah, this is my baby. This is my thing. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing. And so it's kind of been a nice um, example for others, I Mm -hmm. think, for people to kind of see what you're doing. Yeah. I want to be a part of it. You know, I don't want to just create the concept and then not be a part of it. Um, because everything about it came from my brain, like the name, the styling, the, the plants that I pick, like I do all the buying, I do all the social media. Um, you know, even my girls that I trust at the utmost, even Aspen, I'm like, she's like, well, I was out of town recently. She's like, I can handle the Instagram. I was like, okay. And I like didn't send her the logins cause I'm so particular and I know that about myself. Um, and I know she would do a great job, but I just can't like let my death grip go on it but like those are that's me like the business is me um because I created it and so it's very hard to create a separation there um and I think that is one of the differences between like a franchise versus a small corporation is like when you are working with a small business like you are the owner whoever created it that is part of them Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I say that with Power all the time. I mean, the logo is... It is you. It's me. Yeah. So, you know. Same with CG. Like, yeah. the logo, like, there's a star at the end, like, instead of an apostrophe, because her middle name is Star. Like, yeah. there, it yeah. is the owner. Well, and, and with CG, like, that's a... And you can go back and listen to two CG episodes if you want to, but... um, And she was our, our very first inaugural guest on Powered by Her, but um, she... I mean, there were, there's been times it's a lot better now those of us that have control issues have like let it go a little bit but there were times where I'd walk in and she wasn't there and I'd walk right out because Mm -hmm. if she wasn't in the shop or actually one time she she had an employee and the the customer service was just not her level and Mm -hmm. I I like struggled do I even say something to her but I was like she would want to know that this is you know what's going on there Mm -hmm. and so I think that sometimes it's hard because it's like well you feel like you have to be there all the time but then that's what people want. People yeah. want to, you know, connect with, no, you're the actual person that owns it and starts it. And so, and I'm always that person. I think the first time I ever came into the glass transgree and I was like, I'm Tiffany, I'm from the Biz <laughs> I do women's stuff. Like, I, that's kind of how I am all the time. So, well, um, and I've tried really hard to like, you know, boost my girls on social media too. Um, you know, I post pictures with them in it all the time. I post yeah. content with them in it all the time because I do recognize I can't be there all the time mm-hmm. uh, for my own mental health and well being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I want people, I don't want people to have that experience. Like, I want people to walk in and know, like, recognize Veronica or McCray or Aspen or Bobby or whoever is in there. Even Andrew, you know, Buckner works yeah. for me on Wednesdays. So I try to like involve them in the ethos quite a bit and put them in the forefront because I want people to walk in and recognize them too and still feel that same level of comfort as they would if they walked in and I'm checking them out yeah um so today is October 5th that when the the, um episode releases and so you have a weekly podcast that that you mentioned um that comes out every Wednesday yep and it's called a podcast to water your plants to yep and it comes out on water day Wednesday water day Wednesday and this month yes tell me about what you're doing this month so we had this wild idea I don't even know where it came from I can't remember who said it but we had this idea we love Halloween at the shop like it is our Christmas we go all out every year which it's only been one year so far but uh we will go out every year and every year it's going to get bigger so we had this idea of like what if we told like scary stories on the podcast 
And then that evolved into like, well, what if we just did a whole separate podcast? And so every Friday in October, um, and then so the four Fridays in October and then Halloween Day, we have five um, special edition episodes um, under the name of Podcast to Murder Your Plants To. And we have new intro music. We have a new cover art. And it's five scary stories um, told by McCray, Andrew, and then one by me. And so these scary stories are, um, they're not gory scary stories. This is like really traditional ones like Edgar Allan Poe. Um, we did some like sci-fi based stories but it's going to be really fun and I think that's going to be really cool so we'll actually have two podcast episodes a week that will drop in October so our standard uh, podcast what are your plants to light fun airy joking around talking about plants fun special guests on Wednesday and then scary stories on Fridays so if you haven't already listened to yesterday's episode that came out October 4th you can go tomorrow you can listen to that one too but you can tomorrow will be the first um scary creepy Mm -hmm. haunted um a podcast to murder your plants too so check that out we're all part of the pod kitchen family so we are all um produced by the pod kitchen yeah um so Luke's shaking his hands shout out to Luke (laughs) um and so yeah check those out what was the the driving force behind starting a podcast for you girl I don't know at this point I feel like sometimes we just do things with the business because they're like that'll be fun yeah and I think we so we have this like back table in the shop it's this like it's this huge table and we're always back there and we have the most insane conversations and they're always so funny and customers will come in and they'll get involved and I just had this idea pop up one day. I was in my kitchen and I really wanted to listen to a podcast about um, anthropology, the brand. I think that they have such a genius branding and everything that they do is so cool and working with artists. And I mean, it's just like a whole nother thing. But I was like, I wonder if they have a podcast and they don't. And I was disappointed and I was like, well, I guess I could do one. And then I was like, oh, I shouldn't do a podcast. Like everybody has a podcast. And then I just kept thinking about it. And so one day I told Aspen, I was like, would you be willing to do a podcast with me? And she was like, sure. I mean, she'll literally, she says yes to anything that I recommend that we try. And so I emailed Luke. Um, I don't even know how I got your contact information. Probably from CG. Probably from CG. CG. She produces his, his podcast. Oh, yep. Roommates. Her. Yeah, roommates. That is exactly how it happened, actually. I think yep. I texted CG and I was like, hey, who, who does your podcast? And I'm going to steal your idea. Yeah. She was like, okay, cool. And I texted Luke and we were down here the next day. And then yeah. we just One thing I want people it. to understand is like, there is a fun factor to it, of course. Yeah. Um, th- and probably now you've been doing the podcast for a couple months now, right? Yeah, we're our 20th episode is about to come out okay. like sometime in September. So it will already be out yeah. by the time this airs. Um, so... It's, it's a lot more work than maybe, at least for me. I feel like it's a lot. I thought it would just be a cool factor, a fun mm-hmm. factor. And after I've been doing this for four and a half years now. Yeah. And there's times where it's like, this is, there's some planning. and But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I do see the, the benefit to it. And mm-hmm. I think that people really resonate a lot with some of the topics we talk about. But it's not just, um, I think kind of figuring out your mission for what you're doing and not just saying because there are a lot of people that are like oh that sounds fun and it's like Mm -hmm. well you to do it well you want to be 
you know, you want to be marketing it, you want to be putting it out there. It is a business in itself. It really is its own separate business in some ways. And I think at the beginning, it's really easy to just be like, oh, we'll talk about this and we'll talk about this and we'll talk about this. And then you get past all of those easy topics and you're like, okay, now we actually have to find like, what is our voice? And that's kind of where we're at with it now. Um, I want to keep going with it. I think that it expands our brand so much and it gives like so much of our brand is like personality and personable connection. And so this adds to that in such a level that I wasn't anticipating. So now we're at the point with it where it's like, we know we're going to keep going. We know we want to be like serious about doing this and doing it well. And I've cut episodes before that, like that Luke has like produced and I've paid for. And then I listened to it and I'm like, we're not airing that. Like I can't air it. I respect my listener too much, you know? So it's like, um, when you get into the, the nitty gritty of it, it's like, okay, now we're at the point where we're going to have to really start figuring out like, what is this podcast? What is the point of this podcast? It's easy in the beginning to come up with 20 topics. Um, and then you get past that and it's like, Hmm, now what are we going to talk about? So that's kind of where we're at with it. But I do think it's really fun. And I very much approached this process of podcasting with like, if it's going to add to the brand, I'm obviously going to have to do it at like this insanely perfectionist level, which that's my own stuff that I'm contending with every day. But um, I also want to make sure that it's like good quality content that we're putting something out there that adds. So we do a lot of mental health stuff on there. I talk a lot about like personal struggle and business ownership. We have some fun guests on and and we're still figuring out our voice. Yeah. Well, and I think um, I I went through that a little bit and we can talk about that next episode a little bit, but I just, I was putting out content that I was like, I don't really know that this is the greatest anymore and I literally I usually I've done seasons where I say this is the season finale I just stopped I couldn't keep going because I was like I am just kind of reaching my burnout which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about next week a little bit more but um and I just stopped and I didn't even know what what, if I was going to come back or not come back I had no conversations with Cookville Creative that we were doing a video podcast at the time I had no conversation I just stopped like yeah done um and so I kind of had those conversations about renewing what what is the vision what's the purpose what am I doing and Mm so um we kind of launched back this year and and I think that that's like in business ownership or entrepreneurial spirit or being a creative or whatever avenue you want to call it like you have to be willing to try stuff because you think it will be fun or add to something. And then you have to be so hyper flexible with that and be willing to say like, okay, this isn't working or the vision I thought this was going to be, it's now something else and pull back and go back to the drawing board. And I think if you can have that flexibility, then you can create something really great, but you can't go into these creative endeavors with this, like it's going to be X, Y, and Z. And that's all it's going to be because you don't know. Well, and I think for me, like do empower by her, I was interviewing I was literally I have a hundred episodes of me telling a women business owners story mm-hmm. they were all the same and mm-hmm. it was like okay is, how do I find how do I keep it fresh how do I keep it do something else and so you know Luke and I kind of sat down and it was like well he was like I think if you do it weekly if we do some other topics mm-hmm. where it's not just telling their story and so I've it just kind of breathed more life back into, you know, what you're doing as a business. And so I think having those conversations with yourself or your, or your trusted team, I Mm -hmm. think is a good idea sometimes and kind of, you know, figuring out, is this still worth it? And and what are we going to do? So absolutely. Next week is your birthday. So, um, happy birthday. So you'll be back next week on the next Thursday. But if you see Emma in between the two episodes, um, 
happy birthday. Thank and, you. Um, find go find her. Um, how can people find you if they want to find you on social media or and or in person? Yeah. So in person, I'm pretty much at the shop all of the time. So the shop is at <laughs> 44 on- West Broad Street. So we're pretty much right across from Crawdaddy's. Um, we have 20 feet of floral towers in front of our building. So and then just like a buttload of plants. So hard to miss. Um, no sign on the building, but not no. Well, hopefully by the time this airs, I will have my sign up. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed for that. Um, but um, yeah, so we're at 44 West Broad Street, right across from Crawdaddy's um, online. You can find us on Facebook under Glass Tangerine, no the. Um, there's no, it's not the Glass Tangerine, it's just Glass Tangerine. Um, Instagram's just Glass Tangerine. We're the only one um, in the country, so easy to find us. Um, and we don't have a phone, which is a fun fact about our business. Um, I have a whole page on my website, which is glasstangerine.com about why we don't have a phone. Um, but you can reach us via email, my email, um, shoot us over at what's your web page. It's glasstangerine.com. And then, um, hello at glasstangerine.com is our email. So lots of different ways to get in touch with us. Um, but the best way to find us is just to pop in the shop and look around and say hi and pick up a plant. Sounds great. Thanks for coming in today. It was a pleasure uh, talking with you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Tiffany. If you want to know more about Powered by Herd, head over to poweredbyherd.com. Join the community, support the cause, and we'll see you next week.